Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Oh my goodness, these episodes get better and better. Welcome to this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, where I interview a colleague and new dear friend, uh, fellow attendance goey of the IPM Congress and fellow speaker, Dr. Christina Bjorndahl. She's a naturopathic doctor and considered an authority in the treatment of mental illness, such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorders, and eating disorders using a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. Having overcome many mental health challenges, Dr. Chris is a gifted speaker, I can attune to that, yes she is, and best-selling author who has shared her wellness philosophy with platforms such as Mariel Hemingway's Outcomes the Sun show, The Jenny McCarthy Show, The International Bipolar Foundation, and many health summits and docu-series. She is recognized as a top naturopathic doctor to follow by two independent organizations. Her book, Beyond the Label, is a comprehensive guide to naturopathic mental health. Listen up. This is a great, candid, vulnerable, authentic, and transparent conversation about anxiety, depression, mental illness, suicidality. So there's your trigger warning. But I really think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. Dr. Chris is a genuine practitioner who wants to heal her patients and also shares her story very openly. You're going to learn about her four levels of health, how she decides what system might be causing trouble with labels of anxiety, depression, bipolar, et cetera, et cetera. And we talk about labels, how they can serve as a nice starting point, but they really don't explain the why or how you got there. You'll learn about neurotransmitters, hormones, and detoxification as root causes of some mental illnesses. And I love that she concentrates all of this around one word of surrender, that the more we learn to trust our intuition, and learn that we are not our thoughts, the farther we will go in any health goals set. So make sure you listen to the entire episode. At the end, she walks us through an interactive exercise and I participated and it just may bring tears to your eyes. So without further ado, here is Dr. Christina Bjornall. I'm so excited to have this episode of the Catalyst podcast featuring my new, I guess, fangirl crush. I don't know what you want to call it, but I just love this human. This is Dr. Christina Bjorndahl, and she's a naturopathic doctor. I first met her at the IPM Congress in London, where she just took the stage and captivated the audience. I mean, with her vulnerability, her authenticity, her integrity, she is an expert in mental illness. And beyond that, just following her in social media has really inspired me to connect and want to, you know, just kind of gush about all things mental and disease and wellness and all the labels that we want to just get rid of because she's the woman that you need to hear. So I just want to say right off the top, thank you, Dr. Christina, for coming on and sharing a bit of your time with our audience. Of course, it's an absolute pleasure to be with here with you. Oh my goodness. So many things. And I am 
really trying to rein in my word vomit, as I as I jokingly call, because I have so many questions to ask. But you know, let's just let you start with what you feel comfortable with. I I think there's so many stories baked into the reasons we make our decisions. I know you and I could probably jam on this for five hours. Is stories really fuel our decisions and where we go? So, what story do you feel comfortable starting with? Mm, well, there is so many, right? I know. I, I think that where I would start is the catalyst for change for me. So I wasn't, I've been always being a naturopathic doctor and my journey to becoming one is because of my own struggles with my mental health. And those started way back when, but the catalyst for change to make the career change, because I worked in the corporate world and I had I reported to a CEO by all intents and purposes on the outside looking in, I had all the success. I'd yes. success. The green I, flags. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. And I'm mentioning this as a starting point because I know that there's a lot of people who are working at a in a position that might want to make a change, but don't know how to make the change. And and so I mean, hopefully this might inspire you to 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 do so if that's you know if that resonates with you. So the catalyst for change that came after a very unfortunate event for myself, which was uh, after a suicide attempt. Now that left me in a coma with kidney failure, and I was on dialysis, and I was told I would need a kidney transplant. So when I came out of the coma, I can tell you I was not I wasn't happy. I certainly was more depressed than I had sure. been, right? Right. And so this is where I realized, okay, I, I, okay, I'm still here. I'm an overachiever. I, I'm still here, right? Like, Checked what, all the boxes. Yeah. What the uh -huh. heck? And so I had to figure out another way mm -hmm. to navigate this journey. And I've been, and I've been struggling with my mental health, which include the labels of depression, anxiety, bulimia, and bipolar disorder type one. I've spent about approximately a year of my life in psychiatric hospital care. If you count all the stays, three suicide attempts, six psychotic events, just lots of stuff, mm -hmm. lots of turbulence. And, but all the while wearing this mask as I go to work, I'm okay. Uh -huh. I got it. Don't, you're never going to see, right? Yeah. You're never going to see me sweat. Mm -hmm. This mask mm -hmm. is. And so I was given a book while I was recovering to read by Marianne Williamson. It's called A Return to Love. And there's a quote in the book about surrendering and the, and it, and this, the quote goes that basically surrender is not about breaking out of anything, but it's a gentle melting into who you really are. So you take off your armor, like take off that mask and all God needs is one sincere surrendered moment where love matters more than anything and nothing else really matters at all. And so I'm wow. reading, yeah, right? It's pretty powerful when you sit with it. Yes. And the key word in that quote for me was love. Because I was the furthest from it. Anyone who is struggling with their mental health, suicidal ideations, depression, you're, you're really the furthest from love for yourself that you can possibly be. So I yes. was already taking five psychotropic medications to help me and I wasn't getting better and so that's my message as well is that listen I'm not necessarily saying no medications but the thing is you should get better right and if you're not then you have to ask inquire why is that right so anyway I ended up seeing a naturopathic doctor and an orthomolecular 
psychiatrist or nutritionally oriented practitioner. And he, I started all of their supportive therapies along with the medications. And I had my first year where I was free from depression and anxiety. And then that, now I had been wanting to leave my job pretty much since the moment I started it. And here I am now a decade into it and I'm still sure. struggling, you know. And so that was really this the story that I like to start with today because it your body's always talking to you and your intuition is knocking at your door. And a lot of times we drown it out with the voice of the egoic mind, which is often based in fear and, and telling you why you cannot do something. Yes. Yeah. And that was me for a decade. You know, why, why did I not make a change? And it took a, it took some therapy and some investigation and and willingness to investigate that for myself, because why didn't I make the change earlier? Why did it take that crisis? Right. It's like the whisper becomes yelling, becomes like a huge crisis, but that's, I think, so common um, Chris, for a lot of us is, you know, I think everybody in healthcare, you get there because of a certain concoction of attributes that we all share. We like to achieve. We are hyper perfectionistic. We like to serve. And, and these are not bad things, but we also are so trained to ignore the shadow side of some of our traits. Right. And hmm. we're learned, we're trained to suppress emotions and fake it till you make it. And even though you weren't in healthcare at the time, this also happens in the corporate world, in any of the other industries you're in as an adult. I mean, I'm raising children as you are. It, you, you see that the society puts this unwritten, unspoken narrative on these young children that you should have it all figured out. Well, you're 18, move out and live your life and you should know what to do. And that's terrifying to <laughs> just being a human. So I love your candor and I love your authenticity of just laying it out there. Like your, your journey is so hopeful for many that might be listening, both as practitioners, but also as patients saying, I love that you said the labels I was given, or I think you had a way of saying it, because I agree. I think the more I'm understanding true healing, which is so many different paths for everybody, that labels might serve as a guide and a framework, but they shouldn't be a Velcro to your body, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh right. my goodness. Yeah. Yes. So my teacher says that, you know, they, they just as you said, so these help to explain a constellation of symptoms. They might describe what you're experiencing, mm -hmm. but they don't explain how you got there. Yeah. And often that explanation is rooted in some earlier experience that predates the diagnosis. So it's it's really important because many people with mental health concerns are not getting the message of hope that you, you that healing is possible. They're getting the message here take this medication for the rest of your life. Right. Right. And that creates a dependency and a fear that oh gosh, if I go off of this, yes, what's going to happen to me and you have to remember the reason you went on it perhaps a week ago, a year ago, a decade ago is not the reason, it's not where you are now. Yes. And, but don't you, I, and this is where I get like this yes and in my head of, because I've seen both things. Like, like you even said, I appreciate that you said you're not anti medicine. You know, there are reasons for pharmaceutical help. I mean, you wouldn't ask a kid to sit in the back of the class who couldn't see and tell them not to put their glasses on. You know, there's certain reasons why we have these. But also it's so frustrating because I just want to say, you know, we, we, we do this as a reflex for a lot of our prescribers and conventional, but also sometimes our patients, and I'm speaking even from my own perspective, sometimes I'm not willing to do the work to get healthy until it's like it's shouting at me. So, you know, there is a yes and push and pull where there's that delicate 
you know, balance of, yeah, but there are things you can do, but you have to come to a place in your life where you feel like you can do those things, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. There's there's so many factors that go into our health and mental health in particular. So it's a matter of of taking a look at all these various pieces and and dialing that in for yourself and starting somewhere. And the, and what you want to understand too is that neurotransmitters that most medications are serving to increase in the body, there there are botanical and nutraceutical equivalents for those. So if there is a time when, like I said, I started that protocol from the naturopathic doctor and Dr. Abraham Hoffer, the, the nutritionally oriented psychiatrist, if you can believe it, along with the medication together, yes. right? The medication alone was not doing the trick to help me get well because the root of my problem was really not being addressed, which is was based in in my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I was not. I didn't know. I was. If you don't put the right fuel in the in the car, the car's not going to run. Right. So, right. No matter how you try to wax the surface or dust everything off or polish the leather, it's still, yeah, it's not going to run. Yeah, it's a good analogy. What would you say? You've mentioned the four aspects of, you know, uh, physical health and addressing mental health. What would you say those are? Right. So, so the four. If you look at yourself um, as a circle, right, as a circle, then and we cross that into north, south, east, west. So you've got four pieces to that circle. So you're as a human, right? You're comprised of the physical level, mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And Western medicine is mostly focused on the physical level. Unless you're working with a therapist or counselor or psychologist, then you'll move into talking about the mental, emotional, and hopefully spiritual side. In naturopathic medicine, we like to look at the whole person and address all four pieces of that puzzle. But on the physical, which was where a lot of people are, I just want you to understand that there's three macro systems in your body that are kind of running the show. So you've got your neurotransmitters, which I just mentioned. Then you've got your hormones, and then you have your organs of detoxification and your immune system. So imbalances in mental health that we call anxiety and depression, et cetera, can be in any one of those three macro systems, if not all three, they're all connected. So this was really important because when I started on the pharmaceutical approach, I was depressed and anxious the entire month. And then the medic, I mean, honestly, the medication didn't do it anything. It did do something for, you know, at some points during that healing journey. However, only for half of the month. <laughs> and I didn't have any knowledge, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a head of marketing and investment right. manager. Right. I don't know nothing about nothing. Okay. As it comes down. <laughs> so, but it got me thinking. And I, I have friends who are much smarter than me. And one of my best, my best friend, she's like, she's a nutritionist. And she's like, well, Chris, it's probably your hormones. You know, and I'm like, hormones, what are those? Like, you know, I don't know anything. Sure, I get a period, but I, who, so disconnected from anything health. So I'm like, oh, what does that mean? You know, so, so I'm just mentioning that because a lot of women struggle, you know, with what these other labels that we use, like PMS, right? And PMDD and Yes, PCOS, all the hormonal endometriosis. Yes, all of it, postpartum anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So, so menopause, I mean, all of those are, they're really not medical conditions. They're just signs that you're out of balance, hormonally speaking, and we can balance that. 
Yes. So anyway, I went on a bit of a tangent there, but essentially the way you support that physical level, no surprise, the first pillar I'm going to say as the first building block of your health house, it's nutrition and supplementation, right? And then it's the sleep, the exercise and the managing stress. So those four are the foundational building blocks. And you know, it's interesting because I I know people in the spiritual world and they're very much about the mental, emotional, spiritual, not so much about the nutrition. And then I know people in the physical, uh, in the functional medicine world, all about the nutrition and not so much about the mental, emotional. And I I had just found for myself, like I started on that nutritional side. I started on the physical side with sort of, you can say functional nutrition, naturopathic medicine, but I eventually, and that served me quite well for several years but then I had another depressive episode so what's going on Uh, and then I had another manic episode okay so obviously I'm not healed so uh that's when I start to look at the mental and the emotional and the spiritual so that that's my journey I I felt like I've had to look at it all oh but I but I love this this honesty because this is so interesting and synergy synergistic in one of the Facebook groups for like physicians, you know, as in functional integrative medicine, you know, we'll put case studies or just ask questions and, you know, one of those like, you know, kind of coworker type things or or colleague uh, groups. And one of the, the newer to functional and integrative medicine practitioners had posted a question saying, and I think you and I will laugh at this because I, you know, we share, I think I'm not trying to assume, but I feel like we share a lot of similarities. And his question was very innocently worded, but he said, is it just me or do you feel like when you open a functional medicine or integrative clinic, you seem to attract, I mean, it feels like all my patients have psych issues. And I sort of giggled because my response was, well, if you find ones that don't, it means you didn't listen hard enough because I feel that we all have trauma, like all of us, hundred percent. It's just whether we can recognize it or whether we talk about intergenerational trauma or epigenetic. And when you go into all the layers of the onion, it makes me chuckle a bit because I remember being that new and going, wow, why has everybody got all the, and then you start going into vagal nerve and trauma and amygdalas and all the wonderful things that create this physiologic reaction. So was that, am I alluding to kind of what brought you into that researching more of the spiritual and the emotional is that kind of where you're headed is more polyvagal or how does your story end <laughs> oh it doesn't end yet because i'm still here but yeah true, true, true. <laughs> Thankfully. I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question i mean sometimes i joke that it would be nice if we were you know i know this is going to sound a little bit morbid but you know Ooh, if i we, like morbid if we have <laughs> I'm a granddaughter of a funeral director. I, I love morbid. Right. I remember that reading. I remember reading that in your book. I know. I remember reading that in your book. I love that. Yes. That's like, uh, if we just came stamped with an expiry date, would we not right. live our lives totally differently if we right. knew? Okay. Like, okay. Right. So anyway, that's my morbid. That's a good talk. point. I do like that. I also like doing the obituary exercise where you want to write your obituary. And what would you want it to say? You know, what, yeah. why aren't you doing that now? Like, why are we waiting? Like, you know, right. live it. So yeah, well, tangent yeah. aside, but like, yeah. what what are the steps that you feel would address this mental, yes. emotional, yes. spiritual yes. side? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm going to give all the grace and, and praise to... Uh, a naturopathic doctor named Dr. Jason Hughes. So he's he he guided me in this journey, and he um, just he was the first person that taught me 
that I am not my thoughts. That mm-hmm. I do not have to believe every thought I have. Now, prior to meeting Jason, I had read Eckhart Tolle. Well, I should I say I attempted to read Eckhart Tolle's work. Uh, and it. I was always drawn to self-help. I mean, goodness me, I like self-help books. But the interesting thing is for me, I'm ve- I've been very much ego-based in the sense that driven, you know, success achievement oriented. And so information is not transformation. So I had a lot of information, but I wasn't applying the lessons and the tools and the tips from all of these juicy books that I was reading into my life. So I had a lot of information, but I wasn't making the connection to create the transformation in my life. And that's what Dr. Hughes helped me with. So to answer your question, it's really the next level of the health house is we have to work on your thoughts and your emotions and how you behave and react in the world and your ability or inability to set boundaries. Oh. That piece of the house or that next level of the house, that's super important. Then the next layer is working on and understanding the role that the environment can play from three perspectives. Quality of the air, food, and water. Remember, there is chemicals in lots of things, and we're all sharing the air. You can choose the food that you eat and grow your own food, perhaps. You can filter your water. You can choose to not drink out of plastic water bottles, but we're all sharing the air. So mm-hmm. you uh, chemicals can, can affect you and disrupt your system. And this is really, really important. If you start an antidepressant or anti-anxiolytic, mood sailors or anti whatever, remember... What I said earlier, you should get better if they're addressing the right macro system. Mm-hmm. If you don't get better, it either isn't the right neurotransmitter they're trying to support, or it's not the right macro system, or this other idea from the environment that something that you're making things no problem. You know, you don't have a manufacturing problem. You have a blockage problem. Yes. Right. Yes. So Western medicine, oftentimes it's a deficiency picture. You're not making enough serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine, whatever. You're not making enough, so let's give you more of it. Yes. Right? (laughs) That's the the idea behind those medications. And if you do give give more of it by taking the medication, you don't get better, right? Keep this conversation in mind. Maybe there's something blocking the receptors because of the environmental piece. So that's step one under the environment. Step two, epigenetics versus genetics. This is huge, huge. Because when I was struggling, I would ask, a very simple question that I'm sure all of you listening have asked as well. Why? Why is this happening to me? Why did that psychotic event happen? Especially the first one, my God. And the answer I got was, it's genetic. Now, I'm adopted. So I'm like, is it though? Because I can't look to my left or my right to verify the truth of that. So how do you know, doctor, that it is the truth, that it actually is genetic? Mm-hmm. So, and he didn't have an answer for me. So I subscribed to the theory a little bit more of epigenetics, mm-hmm. which is genes load the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. Now I'm not saying that there aren't genetic things. The reason sure. my family adopted me is because my dad's lineage has something called Huntington's Korea, which mm-hmm. is a very devastating neurological condition. Like three things in one, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Mm-hmm schizophrenia so you lose your mind your movement and all of it all it's 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 very devastating and i've watched yes i've had a patient with it yes it's it's awful yeah it's awful and anyway my point is that 
that we want to be mindful of the genetics, epigenetics, and then this idea of intergenerational trauma as well. That's another layer. And then the last piece of the environment, which I think is the, the promising piece, is uh, the neuroplasticity understanding that your brain is not a fixed lump of cement, your body is not a fixed lump of cement that is incapable of changing. You're always making new cells over. And so if you give it new substrate to work with, new material to build a house that is your body, you'll have a different body. One of the main problems in functional medicine delivery is overwhelm. The future is visual. If you're a holistic or integrative practitioner looking to streamline your steps and build your own creative practice, let me help make it easy and flow channeled for you. Check out my premium subscription box delivery service. This is the first digital delivery service just for medical practitioners that are trying to put more functional and integrative principles into their practice. Subscribers get monthly deliveries of digital tools right to your inbox. Your first welcome box includes immediate access to over 60 editable functional medicine infographics. Yep. These are designed specifically for functional medicine. It makes your patient explanations easier. Adherence is faster and it's more fun. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me, a one-on-one Zoom session. So I can help you highlight your bottlenecks and help you sequence your next steps. You also get a free copy of my book, Right Brain Rescue. Now each month you will have a new digital delivery box, and it will contain a new infographic release that's also editable, vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio 12-month mentorship, as well as SOPs, templates, and other digital tools you can apply in your clinic. There's no contract you can cancel anytime. It's like having a mini mentorship delivered conveniently right to your inbox. Everyone deserves to paint their own work-life masterpiece, and now we can color outside the lines together. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash shop and check out the premium subscription box delivery service. I can't wait to work with you. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that you say house just in a, in a, my own sense. Cause that's the analogy I always fall back on with my patients is, you know, foundation and walls and what's lighting your energy inside. But the house is truly transformative as an analogy, because just like a house that you would build build in your city, you wouldn't expect it to never need maintenance or never need upkeep or remodeling. I mean, that's audacious, right? That's preposterous. So why do we expect our body to just age fine and have no changes and never need different fuel or different lighting or LED light bulbs instead of the old incandescent, you know, all of that analogy works. And I love that you're touching on all of these layers of health, because I think For me, what I see commonly in my patients is sometimes, and in myself, true healing, not true healing. I hate, I hate these absolutes because we're always healing and then falling backwards and spiraling up and all that, but you know what I mean? But a breakthrough in healing, I think is what I meant to say happens easier when we use the word that you spoke of at the top of the hour, which is surrender is daring to look behind some of the uncomfortable feelings And some of the habits that we've recycled and we redo, we think 80% of our thoughts are recycled from yesterday. And when we dare to try different patterns of thinking and different habits, um, that's when healing can happen. It's like you're giving this environment that's like welcoming, like, come on, you know, Um, but that's easier said than done. Wouldn't you think? Mm, Absolutely. So, so here's an analogy I just came up with last week. I'll try it out here. So 
if you, I mean, we're using the house analogy, but let's move it to a tree. So you're a tree, you know, we all can visualize a beautiful oak tree or pick your favorite tree. It's got, when you slice a tree, it's got a lot of rings, right? All those rings for each year that it's been yes. on the planet. Now, you just see that tree. Now there's branches. So that's that's another conversation. But but what I want to focus on is what's underneath the ground is roots. The taller the tree, the deeper the roots. So these thinking patterns, these beliefs, the 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 way you are have that you've been walking and operating and standing in the world is grounded in, rooted in deep-seated beliefs. Yes. Your conscious, your, so your mind, you have your conscious mind right here. We all, we're thinking, we're talking, we're engaging right now. That's, we're using our prefrontal cortex. But you have your subconscious mind, which is running 80% of the show. And when I mentioned earlier, like I said, I wanted to leave my job the moment I started my job, but I never left my job. Right. <laughs> the reason is, so whenever you say you want something, lose 20 pounds, want to leave a relationship, job, change, whatever you say you want something, but you never do it, it's because you've got an unconscious sub-commitment. You're committed yep. to something else. And that something else is often being safe, keeping mm -hmm. you safe. Something happened. And so for my example, for me, um, the reason I didn't want to, or I'd never left my job, or it took me so long to do so, was because it felt harder and more riskier on a subconscious level for me to risk rejection. Sure. Than to stay safe in the current job that was sucking literally the life out of me. Heck yeah. I think that's answering 99% of why people may not make changes. All of us have been in situations exactly like that in different flavors, right? I mean, our brain just wants us to keep us safe. That's really the only thing it's designed to do is to keep us out of danger or seek pleasure. That's it. And so I can imagine any decision that might be a little uncomfortable because we've never done it before whether you're eating differently, you're exercising differently, that feels a little unsafe. So your brain is going to go, no, 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 no. Just stay miserable. It's much easier because I know this brand of shit sandwich, you know, I'll just eat it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's So just look at yourself like you're a bit of a science experiment, right? You're just observing yourself. There's no judgment. There's no judgment. It's just curiosity and, and coming to a place of understanding. And, you know, you may have to work with someone to help guide you through. I mean, I, gosh, I didn't get here to this place of where I am without working with people to help me along the way. And, and so, but it really was important for me to understand these aspects because I, I did have a lot of beliefs that were driving me to overachieve, right? And yeah. the thing is, these beliefs were all based in a sense of lack. Yes. Right? So you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not skinny enough, whatever. Work harder, do it faster, do it better. It's not enough, right? That's the narrative that was driving me. And it was exhausting. It's exhausting. Yes. So I'm not going to sit here and say it didn't serve me. Right. Were, right. Sure. There's gifts in that. There's absolutely totally. gifts in, in pain like that. But yeah, but in the end, I like your analogy too of the tree with the rings because you can see all the different droughts in the summers and the winters and things when, you know, nutrition maybe was a little leaner in some seasons than others, but yet it's still there. It's still putting roots down. And in that same vein, what do you say to patients that, and I find this a, a, a hard point for me in my clinic, and I'm in the mid Midwest, rural Midwest. We are, I love our, our community because we're very much like shoot straight from the hip. Like we want to be practical. We want to be, you know, living a healthy life. And, 
But also it can lend itself to rigid thinking of, well, there's one right way to heal and there's this, I want the best supplement. Well, I want the best plan. How do you approach patients um, that might be looking towards that line of thinking when you yourself are, are such a living example of there's so many different ways and and you use different uh, healers along your way? It might not be a conventional, might then you might go naturopathic or spiritual. So how do you explain that to patients that think they should get all their care in one area? Mm-hmm. Well, I just give them my book to read. Yeah, I love that. Let's say the name of your book while we're talking about it. So Beyond the Label, love 10, it. 10 Steps to Improve Your Mental Health with Naturopathic Medicine. Love it. So, But to answer your question in seriousness, I'm, you have to meet people where they are at. Mm -hmm. You really have to meet people where they're at. And then I will just say, look, let, let's, if, you, if you think there's just this one way and, and we're, we're going to be going on this path, see how you do. Yeah. It's all about... Are you happy? Are you well? Are you feeling good? You know? I agree. I think it's also like holding your your partner's hand along the way. Like I'll be on this journey with you as long as you feel like it's serving you. But I also am very transparent that I, nobody should be your one all end all healer. Like you know that's also called a cult, I think. But anyway, um, I always tell them, listen, I'm here to serve you as as long as you feel like it's helping. And and when it isn't, then I bless and release and say good luck, and I'll help you find somebody else and. Um, I love that you're so beautiful in expressing that in your own personal journey too, that, you know, the, the labels serve you to a point, but really looking deeper in that is, is really true to find how you can balance yourself at best. It's really important to acknowledge that, you know, your, your thoughts affect the hormones or the emotions. Mm -hmm. Well, the thoughts affect the hormones and then the hormones affect how you feel, which then affect the results in the emotional expression. So we have to bring awareness and attention to 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 what you're thinking especially when you're working with with mental health and and a lot of and i was really resistant to that for probably uh, whatever 15 years maybe uh, really 20 years perhaps very resistant to looking at my thoughts and because i felt like you were kind of blaming me that, absolutely that's it it's like, you know? oh, well, if it's my thoughts, that means I should be able to fix myself. And that's, that's kind of offensive to me. Right. You know? Yeah, it was, it's, and, and so, so I, you know, for people who are listening, it's really is about understanding that, that that is what depression does to you. It, it really clouds your judgment. It's, it, it is like a, you know, like you're in a dark cloud and you cannot see through that cloud. You're, you're pretty much immersed in it. However, the sun is actually still shining behind that cloud. And so the steps that I talk about in the book help to lift that cloud. And, oh. you know, you're still, you know, like I said, the sun is still there. So if you're in the cloud right now, in the depths of depression, and it's difficult, and it's hard, and listen, I get it. It This is also an, a, an, a, I don't want to call it an illness, but I will call it a condition of lack of community as well. We we need each other. We need each other. And we need each other to heal. Yes. So the challenge with depression from my perspective when I've been depressed is that I don't again, I was wearing this mask, so I was suppressing, right? I was depressing all of my emotions and thoughts and things I didn't want anyone to know because mm -hmm. again, there's a lot of shame, mm -hmm. right? In the thoughts that I'm having. So I'm not going to let those live in the open air. And I was pretending to be somebody that I really wasn't. 
So it's, it's, it's exhausting, number one. And when I'm in that state, because I, I, don't, I don't want anyone to know. So why yeah. am I going to ask for help? Because I don't want anyone to know. So I'm stuck. Yeah, right? you get stuck. And I, I like your, I, your analogy again of this cloud because you feel like 360 degrees when you turn around, you can't see any anywhere out, but there is that sun. And part of that, you know, learning to, to not trust your thoughts as facts and your emotions aren't facts, they aren't who you are. It's really hard when you're in the thick of it. And some of the the best ways are laying down the boundaries so that you can reclaim some of that energy back and take care of yourself. But how do you address it when, um, how do you recommend that people learn to trust their intuition or their heart if they're, if they're kind of struggling in that way? Hmm. Right. Because there's, so essentially you'll, you'll, as you start to work and, and pay attention, you'll recognize, especially if you want to make a change, right. Uh, that there's this, so for example, what happened to me is I was, I was journaling and I was journaling the answer to this one question, which is if money didn't matter, if you just take money out of the equation, what would you be doing with your life? And so I would sit with that question. I would journal, blah, blah, blah. And the answer that kept coming up for me over and over again was go back to school and become a naturopathic doctor and help people heal the way you have. Uh, so um, initially I'd be like, that would be the thought. And then the next thought was, are you out of your mind? You can't yep. do that. Are you crazy? Like all the risks, all the, <laughs> all the fear, right? So, so it took me like a good two years to actually, from having that initial thought to actually executing or, or following through with the plan because of the fear, the fear, sure. the fear, the fear. So understand there is these two voices that ego is going to, because it's always wanting to protect you, is going to tell you all the problems and reasons why you cannot, your heart or your soul or your intuition is going to whisper and nudge you. I'm not going to speak really loud. So how to, to answer your question, would you be willing to do a little experiment? I would love it. Yes. Okay. All right. So we'll just, uh, you know, for people who are listening, you can uh, go, you know, go along with us here. So we're just going to put our hands over our heart. And if it feels comfortable to do so, you can just close your eyes. I'm taking a deep breath in here. And as you exhale, we're just going to have a conversation with your heart and uh, just say a phrase, you repeat it, and then the answer that comes to you. So the first one is heart, show me where you are. So just say heart, show me where you are. Heart, show me where you are. And then just notice if a word, color, phrase comes to you, there's no right or wrong here. Just share what might come. Do you want me to share it out loud? Yeah. I didn't know if this was a theoretical. Yes, I would say yellow, uh, warm yellow, peachy orange. Beautiful. So, hearts, will you ever lie to me? Yes or no? Heart, will you ever lie to me? Not. Hearts, have I always followed you? Yes or no? Heart, have I always followed you? Not always. Not always. Heart, how do you feel when you hear I haven't always followed you? Heart, how do you feel when you hear I haven't always followed you? I'm imagining them pouting and saying, I told you so. You should have. Mm. So we'll just breathe into that. I told you so. Mm -hmm. 
So heart, can you forgive me for not always following you? Yes or no? Yes. Great. And heart, is it possible that you are the voice of my inner wisdom, spirit, God, whatever word floats your boat? Yes or no? Yes. Nice. Perfect. So there you go. So here's how I, oh, here's the quote to guide you with this. The heart must usher the mind into the zone of revelation by Joseph Campbell. So we want to understand that we want to try to live our lives from this heart-centered place and then use the egoic mind of the mind to help you follow through with what the heart wants. The challenge is when the heart rises up and might catch your attention with a little thing like, hey, leave your job that you don't like, the ego takes over, right? So it's a learning to discern between the two voices that understand they're both trying to protect you. But one is based in fear and the other is based in love. Oh, that is beautiful. And it's just ushers in so many thoughts that, you know, you can look back in hindsight and go, well, that's why it took me so long to make a decision or B or C or D because it was ego top down instead of just going right to the center that knows the wisdom. Um, I love this exercise, Christina. This is beautiful. Yeah. And so, but so here's how you start to practice. So we start with, we don't start with the biggest decision we're trying to make in our mm-hmm. life. If you've never done this before, right? You start with little things like brown rice or quinoa, check in, <laughs> right? Chicken or beef. If you're, you know, check in carrot or broccoli, like just check in. Yes. But then when you get these hits, like call your mother, turn left, don't take that drink. You'll trust that little Yes, that's speaking to you. It's speaking to you a lot, but we just don't always listen to it. So true. We are very numb to hearing that. And it's a lot of interoception of of really reconnecting with our somatic feelings inside, because I, I think the wisdom lies within our body and we just haven't learned to trust it being in a Western model of medicine where it's all evidence-based and, you know, but like we actually have answers deep inside. I think that you're providing this portal to learn to, you know, kind of train that muscle, so to speak, and, and really listen with, with attuning. Cause you're right. It's always there, you know, and you always wonder, you hear these stories. Well, I don't know. Something just told me I had to, had to call that person. I'm so glad I was there. You know, um, yeah. so this is beautiful. I love this exercise and I'm going to do that. You know, brown rice, quinoa. That's awesome. And just have these little <laughs> checks throughout the day. Oh my yeah, God. I mean, how many times have you called someone and they're like, I was just thinking about you. Yes. Right? So yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful exercise to lean into this idea of trust, trust and love for yourself that you are being guided and that there is support for you available. You just have to tune into the right radio frequency, right? Well said. Oh my goodness. Dr. Christina, this has been amazing. I feel like I could talk to you for so many more hours. You are a gem, uh, just a powerhouse of a human, but with such a kind, nougaty heart, which is like my favorite human. So thank you again. I will have all of your contact information, um, but where's the best place that people could reach you? Probably my website, uh, drchristinabjorndahl.com. And then there's, you know, the typical culprits in social media. Culprits, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite social media channel? Do you have one that you prefer? The usual suspects. Uh, I'm on, oh gosh, probably Instagram or or I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I Same. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah. my son, you know, his generation. Actually, I just want to tag on one more thing there. I wanted to say as well. You know, my son is going, is 
uh, graduating next year. And, and a lot of people, again, as a society, we do this to our kids, right? We ask them, well, what do you want to, what are you going to do? What are you going to yes. do? And no one's ever asked him, what kind of person do you want to be in the world? <gasps> my favorite question I ask in one of my workshops. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that. Yes. That we need to reframe this for all the five-year-olds out there. Stop mm. asking what they want to do. Because <laughs> I, I, there's a blog article on my website that's basically nowhere is it written. Nowhere is it written that you have to have it all figured out by the time you're 18 and a half years old. It's not written anywhere. Yeah. Or and, 48. And, or 48. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and for people listening, I mean, I went to back to high school at 33. So I went back to high school at Whoa. 33. So, you know, you, you're, it's never too late. And I, yes. you know, so this is never too late. So just remember that. And just, you, you're just, there's no, it, we put a lot of pressure, I think, on. I agree. You know, these, that decade for myself from from 15 to 35, I guess that wasn't a decade, that two decades for myself was the worst, the worst mental health wise, the worst. And I think a lot of it was the adrenal crisis and the pressure and the stress, the, you know, the perfectionist side of me and just wanting to get it right and perfect the first time out, out of the gates. And what if right. I don't know what to do? And how do I know I'm going to like this? You know, yeah. and, and and how are you to know? You don't know. The whole, yeah. goal, whole thing is to go and try and figure it out and then yes. make it change. And I love that you're giving that gift to your son. Uh, you said son, right? Son. Yeah. And, you know, and just all of us trying to do better for the generations behind us that you don't have to have it all figured out. And it's okay to change your mind. In fact, I hope you do. That's the sign of growth. I mean, if you're rigidly stuck on one path for the whole life, I mean, like change your mind. It's okay. Make mistakes, fail, fail upward, fail often and fail fast and strong. And, and it's not a failure. It's just life, you know? And I love that you approach it with such curiosity and exploration and it shows just in everything you're doing. So for, I represent everybody in saying thank you for, for putting everything out there. I know you're impacting millions of people. So thank you, Dr. Chris. Thank you so much. And for those listening, please like and subscribe and share this episode. This is a gem. And I really encourage you to go and purchase her book. I'll have all of the websites and contact information in the show notes. And keep coloring outside the lines and practicing that sixth vital sign of creative flow, because that is absolutely going to guide you to greatness. Till next time, have a great day. Are you feeling overwhelmed and exhausted by your busy medical practice? Are you struggling to find the energy and passion you once had? I understand, especially challenges that come with burnout in the medical field. I've experienced it myself, and I've dedicated my life to helping others overcome it using the neuroscience of flow acquisition. That's why I've created a playful 10-question assessment designed to help you measure your burnout and ability to get back into flow. Come play rock, paper, scissors. Your score will be matched to a persona. Are you a rock? stable in your values, but difficult to motivate into action. You might avoid time management, so you're really not sure if you're making progress. Are you paper? You follow what the path should be on paper, but you might have difficulty making decisions with what matters most to you. Or are you scissors, happy to be busy, clip, clip, clipping along and smashing those goals, but you're suffering depleted energy and feeling exhausted? Your score will be tallied and you will receive a customized plan sent straight to your inbox. This catalyst compass is designed to jumpstart your journey to overcome burnout and find renewed energy. Don't let burnout take over your life. Take control today and just invest 90 seconds of your time to get your own catalyst compass. 
visit drlarasalier.com forward slash catalyst and click the let's play button to unlock the path to a more balanced, passionate, and fulfilling work-life masterpiece. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. My vision is a world without burnout, and my mission is to teach 1 million medical professionals how to tap into creativity and flow to increase joy and well-being. We all deserve a medical career that is self-expressive, unique, and creative. You can help by signing up for my newsletters. One of my highest values is gratitude, so I love giving back. And each newsletter is gamified. The more you share, the more you win. It's easy to sign up. Just go to drlarasalier.com forward slash win. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with me.